Hi, I'm Hannah. And I'm Nairi. And we're here to show you the behind the scenes of our fitness journeys. To share the lessons that we've learned along the way. And the things that have helped us grow. To help you thrive in your own journey. Our mission is to inspire, educate and empower you. Welcome to our podcast. Hello, happy Thursday or whatever day it is that you are listening. We are so excited as always for today's <laughs> episode, but we're even more extra specially excited because we have a massive, massive news for you. Now we want to tell everybody. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so excited for this and we've spoken about it a little bit on our socials. Actually, you might have already seen it by the time this is released, but Hannah and I have decided to open up our signups early for our coaching program. So we're pretty pumped to deliver this program to all of you ladies. Um, and this is designed specifically to women. So just thought I'd throw that out there. But uh, we've got a really great episode today to talk to you about um, a little bit about our coaching and, you know, our past experiences, as well as mistakes and, you know, our worst experiences in the last, you know, five to 10 years in our coaching and also our, our fitness and health journey. Yes, I am so excited. Today's episode is actually going to be a really, really good one. We're going to take you through some of our uh, worst experiences on our fitness journeys and uh, key lessons that we've had to learn the hard way, which is going to be really valuable for you guys. Um, I'm sure you'll, you'll learn a lot. And we'll talk to you a little bit more about our coaching service as well. So we are going to be running a 12-week coaching program that's going to kick off on the 17th of January. Sign-ups are open already and there are limited spots available. So make sure you're getting fast because this is going to sell out super quick. I am so excited. It's going to be 12 weeks of everything that you need to know for your foundations in training, nutrition, mindset to really help you level up and thrive next year. And honestly, whatever level you're at with your fitness journey, beginner, intermediate, advanced, whether you're whatever knowledge you already have, this is going to be awesome for you because we're going to teach you. We're going to be learning along the way. We're going to be learning from each other. So we're going to go back to basics, make sure you've got the foundations in place. And then we're going to also teach you how to progress whatever level you're at in your journey. I'm talking a lot. I don't want to give too much away. We're going to get into our episode, but as you can tell, I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> and that's completely fine Hannah <laughs> you can be excited <laughs> I love that so to start us off with the um, episode let's talk a little bit about the training aspect did you want to take it away Hannah yes okay this is a big one for me because when I first started my fitness journey I actually didn't have much knowledge about training at all um I was kind of just winging it in the gym. I didn't follow any structure. I just, oh, I would just go into the gym. I was one of them people that like, you you asked me what I'm training. I'm like, oh, I don't know, I might do a bit of legs, bit of arms, whatever I feel like on that day. Um, and I just didn't understand uh, the value of different training styles, having a structured program um, that's progressing over time, that's tailored to you and your goals. Like I had no concept of that. Um, a few key things that I can really point out was that I would just have this ego in the gym of like, I just wanted to lift heavy. I wanted to show I was as strong as the boys. And, and, you know, like I 
I didn't work on my foundations. I didn't have any idea about technique. Um, I would just start adding weight on the bar without really knowing what I was doing. And looking back now, I can see why I had like a few imbalances and, and injuries that occurred along the way uh, because I didn't take that time to learn the, the techniques and the foundations and how to actually create balance in my body and protect my body in terms of like warming up properly, properly activating, um, mm. using each muscle equally instead of like favoring glutes, for example, um, which is very common. What about you, Nairi? Um, we were talking about this before and there was a couple of experiences that Hannah was sharing, which we'll hear about in a second. Um, but even like when I look back at my uh, <laughs> my lifting journey, I actually posted something last week on my Instagram about how I used to deadlift and how I used to squat. And then I showed how I do it now. And there's a significant difference uh, in both of those. And we were talking about beforehand with deadlifting when you see people using their back and they're rounding their back um, so they're not using their legs at all and that's exactly how I was lifting in the first video and you it's cringeworthy like every time I look at it I'm just like oh this hurts <laughs> but I keep it there because I want people to be able able to see that I wasn't always like very uh training literate <laughs> and you know I didn't have that focus on technique back then it was like what Hannah was saying let's just put more weight on the bar see how much we can lift for one rep um, you know <laughs> just to exercise the ego not the actual muscles um, and yeah there's definitely many experiences that I had where I was focusing purely on the weight and I think this actually came upon the fact of when I was first starting out with training, you know, I was hearing a lot about how uh, to grow muscle, you need to lift heavier over time. Like you need to progressively overload, right? But there's actually more than one aspect to, or way to do that. But it's a common thing for everyone to think, just add more weight every single week. But it gets to a point where you can't keep increasing. And we spoke about how um, you need to periodize your training you need to have increment your weight slowly over time and it might not be every single week you increase at like in a ladder or a linear progression it might be you increase for two three weeks and then you drop it back a little bit and then you increase again and then you drop it back so you're moving you know three steps forward one step back three steps forward one step back because you need to make sure that your body is actually recovering and also from a long-term health standpoint, if you like want to be in the gym forever and you don't want to end up with injuries, then taking, uh, removing the ego is going to be your best friend. A hundred percent. You're so right. And what you said about um, three steps forward and one step back, that was a, something that I've only very recently come to terms with. But what I failed to understand was that Okay, my muscles might be able to take that additional weight, but what about my nervous system? You're constantly putting that pressure on your nervous system, increasing your cortisol, not giving yourself enough recovery time. And long-term on your nervous system, you're going to plateau. You're not going to get results because you've got all these other factors going on. And it's also going to have that negative impact on your joints, on all sorts of different things. It's not just uh, muscles mm. in 
they're not muscles are not isolated on your body you know there's a whole body that you've got to take into consideration 100 percent. on that note have you ever just done one rms like as the start of your training like in my okay. early days yes yeah yeah and that's when you mentioned central nervous system like your central nervous system actually gets fatigued when you're lifting really heavy weights and that's why power lifters will literally be sitting there for like, you know, six to 12 minutes between their sets because it takes that long for your body to actually recuperate and, you know, come back to baseline. So it's, yeah, it's probably, it's not going to be the best or the most beneficial thing to do one RM testing every single week, maybe like every six months or longer. I haven't tested <laughs> but- one RM for such a long time. Neither have I. Oh, I'd be very interesting to do it. And see, that's the other thing too. We, you know, we're in a different journey. We're not doing powerlifting. And even powerlifters, they literally, they'll only, they'll peak, you know, they'll peak for their competition kind of thing. And they might only do maybe two, maybe three competitions a year, but probably erring on the two is probably a bit smarter um, because you need that recovery process. But it's, so fascinating to see people in the gym when they do just keep adding the weight and you just want to kind of go up to them and say hey like there's a better way to do this like if you want to grow muscle you probably should reduce the uh sorry increase the rep ranges that you're doing and reduce the load hit moderate to heavy weights not one rms every week or as heavy as you possibly can go you know Oh, my favorite is I, I, there's, there's people at the gym, guys, mainly, sorry, um, where I want to go up to them and be like, hey, bro, why don't you reduce the load and actually do the full range of motion in that exercise? Like might actually work all of the muscles instead of just like a centimeter of a squat. <laughs> yes, that's so true. And I see that all the time, the lack of range of motion in a barbell squat, back squat. they're not even activating the muscle fibers like that last bit that last range is actually where all the magic the magic happens yeah I think we've said this before but if you want to like when you're trying to grow muscle and you don't want to be training to failure every single time you want to be just shy of failure realistically if you want to be able to recover from it and you want to be training and challenging your muscles to the point where they will grow because it's different from the previous week. So then you're progressively training, but you don't want to be doing failure reps every single week. Like you want to make sure that you're periodizing it. I feel like there was something else I was going to say there, but I completely lost it. So I'll just end that there. I think that was brilliant. What you said was amazing. Um, So if you're, yeah, if you're wondering about other ways that you can, um, sort of achieve progression without actually increasing more weight things like tempo extra time under tension different rep ranges so like one and a half reps or triple contractions or one and a quarter reps all of these things are different ways to uh, progress your training without actually just adding more load on your on the bar so it can be a great way to tear those muscle fibers get that result without the extra stress on your body and if you're like hannah what the are you talking about then you need to join our coaching program because we are going to teach you all of these things in there and so much more 
<laughs> love that. Another um, really good overload I like is pauses or deficits. Yes. Oh, deficit. Deficits. Yeah. Yeah. They're that. good. Mm. And I even feel like rest periods. Yes. Monitoring in rest. Mm. Because I'm very strict with my rest periods now because I want to make sure that every time that I train, I know I'm progressing because, you know, say for instance, I've done eight reps at, you know, 60 kilos, whatever. Then the next week I come by, okay, I'm going to do 62.5 or maybe 65 kilos for the eight reps. But if my rest periods were different then technically I've had more rest between the sets. So of course I'm going to be able to lift heavier if I've had extra rest. So if you're monitoring that rest period, then you can always make sure that you're going to, um, that you know that you're progressing when you do add that extra load to the bar the next week. Love that. Yeah, very strict with my rests as well. Yeah. Also means that you get your training done like in a timely manner as well. And you're not like, you're not cooling down. Your muscles aren't kind of, um, yeah, cooling down and, and you don't have to keep firing them up again every time that you do another exercise. Yeah, optimization. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so another, just a little key point about training. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add about training or shall I tell my funny story about my one Yes, please time? tell us your stories. <laughs> it's a great okay. story. There's two, there's two stories. <laughs> um, so when I first joined the gym, I had this huge ego, just wanted to lift as heavy as the boys. And me and Shadi, my husband now, he was not my husband at the time, but was very early in our dating days. We were not official. Um, but we'd met at the like we'd met up at the gym and I was training and I was like, Oh, can you spot me? I'm gonna test my one met max on squats. So like a dickhead, I <laughs> decided I would do a hundred kilos, which I'd never done in my life. Um, and I did the squat, got down, did not come back up. <laughs> and instead of dropping the bar behind me, I actually, which is so dangerous, leaned forward and the bar rolled over my head. And thank God, like the safety was on, which is why I am always like, um, I'm a bugger for getting your safety set up. I'm like, if I see someone squatting without the safety bars up, I'm like, put them on, you're scurrying me. Cause I scared <laughs> myself when I did that, but lucky the safety was there. Um, so it just caught it and I was able to duck under, but yeah, mm -hmm. scary stuff. So drop the ego, get your technique right. And don't go straight in for a one max at hundred kilos when you've never done it before. Wow, what an experience, Hannah. Yeah, I know. He's still married, mate. It's all right. I love it. Did you have anything to add? I thought you were going to share your other story. Are you still going to share it? Yeah, yeah I'm still going to share it. Now. This was like two weeks ago, guys. Like, this is a recent story. Um, it's funny. So, I was on the leg curl machine. So you know the seated leg curl where it's like a sandwich press and you squash the legs <laughs> in it? <laughs> I love your explanation of this movement. <laughs> and I did actually, I think I did go too heavy and that's why it got stuck. Um, but my legs basically got stuck in the sandwich press and I couldn't get out. And then I was sat there like dangling my legs, waiting for someone to notice me because everyone's training. Everyone's got their headphones on. No one was paying attention to me. And there was a guy across the gym and I was trying to get his attention by like waving at him, 
stuck in his line of vision and eventually he saw me and he came over I was like can you help me I'm stuck but he couldn't get me out like he had so he was like pushing on the machine and I was trying to pull the pin out and I I was there for a good three minutes and that doesn't sound like a long time but when you are in a leg press that's that sandwich press is pretty tough on your legs it was it was an experience so yeah Wow, there you go. <laughs> so don't get stuck in the sandwich press. It's <laughs> the moral of that story. <laughs> yeah, love it. You know, another um, story that I could sort of share with you, um, I was just thinking about it when you mentioned um, about your story there, Hannah. When I was first starting my lifting, I think I'd been lifting for maybe like six, maybe six months or something like that. And I had a personal trainer at the gym who made me a program. You know how when you sign up to a gym, sometimes they'll just make you a program and then you put the card in the um, cabinet and then every time that you come in, you like get it out and, and go through your session. And so he made me this six-week program. I think it was like four days a week or something, but it obviously wasn't super personalized because the kinds of things that I was doing wasn't really in line with what I actually wanted to achieve because and we'll talk about it in a minute it's not just about the training there's another aspect that's also going to help you get the physique that you want Um, but anyway so I did this program and I was in the incline press as in like barbell and um, I was like working up to a like really heavy weight um, for me at the time. And I can't remember if I was doing a one RM or if I was just trying to lift heavy for, you know, a certain amount of reps and I ended up getting stuck and not, I wasn't there for three minutes, but I remember someone had to come and save me, but it was, I literally was scarred for so long after that experience. Like when you've got a bar on your chest, a heavy bar and you can't move it off. Like it's literally stuck there. And obviously I, I put the um, collars on the end of the bar as well. So I couldn't just like shimmy it off. It was just all fixed and it was at my chest and I was like freaking out. But luckily someone else was in the gym and it was a pretty quiet time. So I was actually quite lucky that there was someone there to help me. Um, but it just really goes to show that you really do need to focus on your technique first and foremost. And when you do have that structured programming, it allows you to actually slowly increment your weights. And so for the most part, you should always, or at least majority of the time, you're going to get the reps within your program. On occasion, you might miss something, but when you're in a squat or a a bench, they're like quite vulnerable positions to be in when you've got a lot of weight on you. So um, yeah, having those foundations really do matter. Um, And this was before I even had a coach. So if I'd had a coach, maybe things would have been different because maybe my technique would have actually allowed me to lift the weight or perhaps I wouldn't even be nearing that amount of weight because it wasn't actually required for my goal. My goal was muscle growth. And so I didn't actually need to do like 60 kilos or whatever kilos it was, you know, I probably could have done 50, 50 kilos with really good form, activating the muscles properly and tearing the muscle fibers. And that would have been sufficient for me to grow my delts potentially, obviously with other forms of training and other exercises but um yeah the weight isn't necessarily important the technique is going to be the technique plus activating the muscle and that muscle to mind connection those are going to be the most important things yeah definitely don't overestimate uh don't underestimate the power 
of technique, correct yeah. form and lighter weight because it's going to make a massive difference more so than just loading the bar. You know, an interesting thing, uh, the other day on S&P in one of the calls, one of the fellows um, who's been in the fitness industry for like, I don't know, 20, 30 years or something, he was basically saying, someone asked a question about um, what's a one percenter you can do to, you know, really take your physique to the next level. And he, one of the points that he said was technique, training technique, master your technique and you will master your physique. Yeah, love that. So true. Yeah. So anyway, we will be teaching training technique with our program, with our coaching program. So that's exciting. That's very exciting. And we're going to teach you guys different ways to, um, like we said before, challenge the muscle, grow the muscle, um, really optimize your results without just increasing the weight. So we're going to teach you different methods of training that we use ourselves in our programs, such as uh, rates of perceived exertion, time under tension. If this is all gobbledygook to you, don't worry because it won't be for long. Um, but yeah, those solid foundations that have helped us to actually achieve like competitive physiques, you know, like we're both competitive athletes now. So um, the really advanced techniques that we're going to teach you that are going to help you to really get amazing results. I love it. Are you ready to dive into uh, the new world of nutrition? Hell yeah. Let's chat about our favorite topic in the world. (laughs) Almost. We really do enjoy talking about nutrition. I think I I bang on this all the time, but (laughs) nutrition is how I changed my physique coming from a background of you know, binge eating and being overweight and, you know, not, oh, you know, I want to say not loving my body, but it was actually me hating my body, you know, looking at the mirror and hating what I saw. And whilst that does have a mindset aspect to it, I wasn't actually healthy because I was overweight and I wasn't fueling my body properly on the inside as well. So that's why for me, I have like a little sauce soft spot for nutrition because I know that it can really transform everything that you do in your life because food can be medicine so let's have a chat about some of our experiences what's your sort of experience with uh, nutrition Hannah yeah so when I first started training I was one of them people that I I ate healthy so you know like Mm. I I would eat lots of salmon and lots of avocado and lots of um vegetables and I I ate well like I ate good quality food like I really valued I would have like acai bowls you know they're super food lots of berries and stuff juices all of the fun stuff um and then I found that I started putting weight on And I didn't really understand why, but then I cracked it and figured out that I would just cut out all fats and then I would lose weight, um, which worked, but I then wasn't getting enough fats. So it messed up my cycle and it gave me really bad skin and my hormones weren't, were all out of whack because um, fats are actually the regulator for our hormones as well. So they're so important. Um, But when I had that mindset of I eat healthy, I just Mm. thought that I could eat as long as the food I ate was healthy, portion control didn't matter. None of that stuff mattered. I didn't need to watch what I ate because it was healthy food. That was my understanding of nutrition. Um, And then I figured out that if I cut out fats, then I would lose weight. But then I didn't connect the fact that my skin and my period and everything 
would have been affected by the fact that I cut out fats. It's only later on that I've recognized that that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's crazy. And you know, that's just, there's, there's a so much information out there Mm. and you don't know what to believe and everyone preaches something different. And it's so confusing that until you, unless listen, when information is given out for free (laughs) to a certain extent, you know, you, it might be right, but honestly, yeah, you need a coach. You need to work with someone who this is their career because there's so many people out there that are putting on Google or putting on Instagram, avoid this food, <laughs> eat this food. This is healthy. This will make you lose weight. Like it, I understand why people get so bogged down in it. And if that information is free, it's probably not quality information, to be honest. Like exactly. that's the way, that's what I've learned. And there's no context mm-hmm. as well when it's not uh, like when you don't have that personal education and guidance, like when you are reading all these things on Google, it might be like for a, a specific population or like they don't tell you the the why behind mm-hmm. it all. And I think that's something that I'm really, or and Hannah's really passionate about as well is the understanding behind why we do what we do and something that was just coming up for me before um, with the healthy eating and the portion control. That's something that I used to struggle with as well is not understanding energy balance that the calories that we eat, the energy that we eat will contribute to what happens with your body weight. Like that's a, a scientific thing. And that's the principle. And you go and see all of these fad diets and the fad diets are an approach or a method to that principle. And that's why they might work for some people. But the problem is that it it might only work for a short period of time. It's like that quick, short fix, right? But if what we're doing is the whole flexible dieting side of things and that's essentially flexible dieting is everything in moderation realistically that's exactly what it is and that's what the australian dietary guidelines actually um promotes is everything in moderation you know you have um the pyramid is it a pyramid still not entirely sure i think it's a circle now a bowl might be a circle yeah um anyway so you've got a certain amount of um things in you know the health, you know, quote unquote, healthy things that you should be eating the most of, which is like your fruits and vegetables. And then it goes through the list of, you know, breaking it down to this is something that you should have only a certain amount and this should, you should have less and less. And then it comes down to like the, the junk food, quote unquote, where you should only have very rarely, because realistically that's what's going to help your body to actually optimize its health. Sorry, I'm going into a little bit of a rabbit hole (laughs) But um, yeah, so the flexible dieting approach is that you will get to eat everything. You will get to eat your cake. You'll get to eat your cookies, your ice cream, your chocolate. But we we need portion control within those foods. That's the difference is portion control with the moderation. Having flexibility, can't speak now, flexibility, but also having some boundaries and guidelines within your nutrition Um, and understanding that fact for me was a huge thing with uh, what changed for my physique 
Um, because previously I just thought I had to eat healthy. And I think Hannah, you're the same. You just think that you eat all the healthy foods. You can't have cake. You can't have ice cream because, well, it's going to make me fat. It's got carbs, but Hey, sweet potato has carbs too. You know, (laughs) bread has carbs, you know, don't hate on carbs. (laughs) Exactly. Carbs actually give us energy and our body thrives off that energy. So we do need to make sure that we have a balanced amount of all of those things. Um, And that's what we're going to be teaching is flexible dieting, how to actually eat in moderation. You get to eat all of the the foods that you love, plus also eat the nutritious stuff, 80% whole food, 20% soul food but you're still going to see results. And that doesn't come from those fad diets because those fad diets don't allow you to do it long-term. Whereas flexible dieting is something that you can do forever. Not to say that you have to track your food forever, but as Hannah was sort of talking before the podcast, we were talking about how you flexible dieting and tracking your macros is a great tool for you to actually learn what is in food. And then in the future, once you've understood that fact, then you can learn about how to listen to your hunger properly so you can be in tune with your body so that now you've got all of this extra knowledge and informed eating so that you can have portion control without tracking your macros anymore. But you're still going to maintain your results as well. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed that. I was just like, wow, listening to you. <laughs> Sorry, I could literally talk about this forever. I hope it, I didn't confuse anyone, but um, I just get really passionate about nutrition. <laughs> no, you explain it really well. And yeah, literally, as Naomi was just saying, like, we'll teach you how to track macros, we'll teach you flexible dieting, we'll teach you um, a long term approach. That means that you are going to have your cake and eat it because. The biggest problem that I see with people who are on that passage of eating healthy is this binge and restrict cycle where they're because they're eating healthy for such a long time that they then feel the need to blow out. But with Mm -hmm. our method, you're not going to feel that need to blow out because you're going to be incorporating the food you love throughout the journey. And this is going to teach you how to do that with a balanced approach alongside your training to get optimal results and still have a life. Cause at the end of the day, you know, we want to enjoy ourselves on this journey as well. You know, I have something interesting to share. Um, It's happened a couple of times actually. And I bet Hannah's had this experience as well. You can let me know. Um, So I've had a couple of clients recently, they've gone through their training program and their macros and everything. And they're consistently tracking, they're consistently training, seeing really great results every week or every fortnight. And, you know, they get to a point in their nutrition where, you know, I'm looking at the data and I'm like, okay, I think we need to implement a diet break. And for anyone who doesn't know what a diet break is, essentially it's, you know, one, maybe one to two weeks, depending on the person of essentially extra energy coming in. So it's a, a break from being in a deficit. So having less calories coming in. Um, so it's a break from that but it's still a trackable and controlled thing. So you still need to track your nutrition. Essentially, you're just getting extra calories up to potentially maintenance calories or your expected maintenance calories. And that allows you to go longer in your dieting phase without having all those repercussions from um, diets that, you know, 
all of the the negative effects of the dieting process, which will happen eventually. Um, if you're not experiencing it now, it will happen, but um, we can uh, prolong the dieting phase um, so that you can keep seeing results. And it can also help to jumpstart the metabolism a little bit more as well um, when you go back into the deficit calories the following weeks to come. So I had a couple of clients who were sort of in that sort of a, a situation where they were ready, they needed a diet break, or at least I could see that they probably should have one. And, you know, talk to them about it. Okay, this week is going to be your diet break. And this is why and explained all of the things. And I've had this happen a couple of times now where they come back and say, I don't feel like I need a diet break. I don't feel deprived. I actually feel like I'm not even in a diet. And that is what you want. You want to be in a diet per se with a deficit of calories where you don't feel that you're in a diet. And that's why we do flexible dieting. But at the end of the day, I still gave them the diet break and they loved it. They had extra energy. Some people even lose weight. They actually make more progress the following week um, because their body has been, uh, you know, in this deficit for a certain amount of weeks and they've started to have like some negative adaptations and we're reversing those effects even just in a week. It can also be a psychological relief as well because, oh, fuck, like I'm going out for dinner three times this week. Well, it's going to mean that I'm not going to have to starve myself. I can actually enjoy the meals out or perhaps it's going to help your performance. Um, having more calories coming in, you're going to be able to train harder um, and that could um, yeah, help you grow more muscle and help to um, improve your strength just in that uh, one extra week of calories. Yeah, I love that. Anyway, I just thought I'd share that little tidbit that, um, you know, I, I don't actually remember the the sort of direction I was going there. I but was saying that anxiety. because of the way that we do, because of the way that we teach with the flexible approach, yeah. people don't feel like they need a diet break even though we'll implement them. Exactly. That's exactly the right point I wanted to um, get at, Hannah. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I trained this morning and I said to Nairi on the pod before we filmed the podcast, I was like, this is going to go one of two ways. I'm either going to have loads of energy and be really like articulate myself really well, or I'm going to just be a blob. And I actually feel <laughs> I'm doing all right so far. <laughs> You've been great, actually. I've been very impressed. Thank you. Nice to you. <laughs> well, shout Did you have anything else to add on nutrition or do you want to move on to the next? Yeah, let's, right. let's move on to um, the final point that we wanted to make. Yes. So the biggest, uh, another one of the biggest things that we've managed to change along our journeys and the lessons that we've learned is the importance of mindset. Um, mm. So did you have anything that you wanted to kick off with? Um, okay. So I feel like I have mentioned this a little bit when we did our, the first episode, get to know us episode. Um so when I was about, I think, 27, no, 26, might have been when I was 26, um, I was introduced into the mindset um, by Carol Dweck. Mm -hmm. And that book really changed me. And it was all about growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. Um, and I was going through a lot of personal things at the time with a relationship um, ending and it was everything that I needed to sort of really understand the process of 
like when you know you have had a relationship ending and you know what you need to do to improve so that you don't end up in the same situation in the future because I don't know if you feel this way Hannah but when we're going through life and um, you know we get you know these different opportunities and different things thrown at us to teach us lessons right and sometimes we keep repeating those same things until we learn our lesson and I felt that it happened to me three times already and I was like okay like clearly I need to do something here because things aren't going in the direction that I want my life isn't going in the direction I want so I need to implement some mindset development changes um, and this book is going to help me get there because it's a great book I think we've plugged it a couple of times now so essentially I think I would say that year of my life was a huge sort of learning curve for me and a huge lesson that um, that I've been able to use in so many different situations like just understanding the fact that if something shit happens in your life you can actually learn from that and also it's almost like problem solving. So, you know, you have something come up, what are you going to do to fix it if there's a problem? Because at the end of the day, we're always going to have things pop up and there's going to be obstacles, there's going to be challenges and being able to overcome those things is going to mean that you're going, like you're going to grow, you're going to get stronger and it can actually impact your training in terms of your performance, your strength. If you're, Um, an athlete which at the time I was doing powerlifting so performance was a huge thing and psychology was a huge thing sports psychology and you know when we're going to be competing next year as well which by the way I don't know if you've mentioned have you mentioned that what that I'm competing in April yeah have you mentioned it I don't know actually well everyone's surprised I'm competing in April (laughs) sorry I just thought I'd I'd drop it in but you know being athletes as we are like it's really important to focus on the mindset but even if we weren't uh competing there's so many other aspects of your life that it can actually impact and it can domino effect into everything that you do in the future um so that's something that's been a huge thing for me um and ever since then I've been working on my development in different kind of ways with meditation and and journaling which was spoken about um I've even done a mindset course as well um and that helped me to truly understand who I am and who I want to be as well yeah I love that oh thank you so much for sharing that with us so yeah what you said about adopting a growth mindset is something that we're going to be teaching um in our 12-week program which has been one of the biggest changes for me as well um so when so what Naomi was talking about the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset um is basically looking for solutions in problems instead of taking that victim mentality of why is this happening to me it's like what can I learn from this okay certain things might not be in my control what can I control in this and it's not something that you learn overnight like we're going to teach you actionable things that can help you to bring awareness to your behavior patterns in certain situations and no one well probably some people uh, but no one not usually you're not permanently in a state of growth mindset and you're not permanently in a state of fixed mindset it is something that's interchangeable so for example you might find when you are 
uh, tired and more emotional and more reactive. You might have more of a tendency to behave in a fixed mindset, but with awareness, you can actually uh, sort of develop your skills and habits uh, to actually recognize that and bring yourself back into the growth mindset. So it's an, an ongoing journey that we'll always probably be working on, um, but we'll definitely teach you some things to implement. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you said, Hannah, we'll always probably be working on it because that's the thing. Anything that we do, it's something that we're not, we're never going to be perfect at it. Like there's always going to be another level, right? And we could be working on these things to our 100. And that's completely fine because every year we get better and better and it's improving from our previous experiences. Like doing that over a period of time, eventually you get to a really solid state but you're always striving for the next like to be better and better and improve to stack upon what you're already teaching yourself and what you're already growing I love that you know what you just reminded me of one of my biggest mindset lessons that I've ever had um when I I had this vision of um something that I was going to achieve and when I got there everything was going to be perfect and everything was going to have figured itself out like my life I'd, I'd be done you know, like, and then I got to this stage, this goal that I'd set for myself and all these new problems arose. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I've been ripped off. Like this was supposed to be my perfect life. And I was supposed to not have to do anything anymore. Like, you know, and I spoke to a girl, actually funny, this is very relevant. So I did a, a business course a couple of years ago, that was a group coaching course. Um, and we were talking, Nari and I were talking before this call about how one of the things that we really wanted to bring to our 12 week program is this sense of community and, and connect you with other women that are on this journey to support each other and, and thrive with. And this is actually a perfect example of how that happened for myself. We've both done amazing courses ourselves and, and programs where we've had this amazing group environment of women and men um, in some cases that have been doing the same program with us and it just creates something so special which is what we really wanted to bring into our coaching program and I reached out to a few of the girls in the group and I was like hey I've achieved this goal that I set and like I'm super proud but I thought it was going to be a certain way and, and it's not and like have you ever had this experience you know and one of the girls in the group, she was like, yeah, another level, another devil. She was like, every time you progress, <laughs> you are going to hit another, another problem, another wave. And you just have to work through it. She's like, it's life. Like, that's how we, that's how everyone, people at the top of the food chain have the yeah. same things, you know, CEOs have different problems that we couldn't comprehend, but you're never done. And I was like, oh, it's okay. It's not just me. Like, but yeah. I love it. Long-term gratification as well. Yes. Yeah. That, oh God, that's another big mindset lesson that I've definitely learned. Delayed gratification. Yeah. It's so good. Like understanding the fact that this is a long-term process. You do need to have patience and in anything in life, no matter what you want to achieve, you're going to have to have patience because it's not going to happen just like that. You're going to have to work hard for it and consistently over that long period of time. And, but also still enjoying the process within it, I think is important. And if you can do those two things, you're going to keep progressing. You're going to keep getting better. Yeah. I love that. Making it just a lifelong journey of, of continuous improvement. 
It's true. You know, I loved when Hannah said about community because that's something that I love being a part of. I love having other women around me supporting, you know, being cheerleaders and being able to network and uh, get to know other women because, you know, sometimes it can be so uh, like in any aspect, not just like in fitness, but sometimes there's such a competitive nature with other women, especially even on social media, but to have other women around you that, you know, you might have a, have started at a different um, sort of level. You might not be in the same level um, with your journey, but you can still support each other. And that is so empowering to have other women support you. And it's almost kind of like when we first met, when Hannah and I first met each other, you know, there was that community feel of obsessed gym wear when we went to the girls weekend. And I just love being a part of that kind of thing. And I always wanted to be able to do something like that on a different capacity with, within my coaching. And, and then when Hannah and I were speaking about it, we're like, this is our chance to do that together and to create that uh, community feel that we've always wanted. It's going to be beautiful. There's something so powerful in women supporting each other and helping each other grow. And like, I was having a conversation with one of my girls actually on a coaching call on a couple of days ago. And she was like, we, we, we need each other, you know, like we, we do like there's so much, doubt and uncertainty and and things that come up that uh sometimes all you need is someone to go oh hey you know what yeah I had that and I was okay or like yeah you're not alone it's normal to feel that way and the power in that in having that validation from someone on the journey with you like it might not sound much but it can honestly it has in women that I know and it can for you like it can transform your life in ways you can't imagine yeah, it's it's almost like a feeling of loved, like being loved by another person. Yeah. And belonging and being enough as you are. Yeah, exactly. That's so beautiful, Hannah. It's I feel like it's different to a romantic relationship, you know. There's something so I mean, like, you know, at least for us, our men are like, you know, they can sort of understand to a point. <laughs> what we go through as women but you know it's a different feeling to have other women around you who really truly understand what it's like to be a female (laughs) at the end of the day and the different struggles that we have because the female body is so unique and different and um also beautiful and it's complex and yeah it's also simple and like there's just so many different phases that a woman will go through in her life and um, to have people around you and, and other women around you who either have already gone through it or are going to go through it. It's really nice to have that support and guidance. Yeah, I love that. It's so true. Oh, yeah. did you have anything else to add about mindset or are you? I think that was pretty much the end of um, our free top experiences and and sort of how to overcome them as well yeah oh I love that I'm so warm and fuzzy now after I chat about community I know and that's what it's going to be like when we're doing these calls every week and you know it's a chance for the other ladies on the call to jump on and ask questions if they've got anything or even 
to share their wins because it's beautiful to be able to hear someone else succeed and then to get that support from um, the women around them. So it's going to be interactive, you know, it's, it's, you don't have to go on the journey on your own. It's going to have a community aspect. Yeah, it's going to be very interactive. And, and one last thing as well, like not only um, having other women on that journey who might be able to help you, but you know how amazing it is to actually just help someone else as well. You don't know who you might yeah. inspire on that journey in that group who's going to look up to you um, in there or ask you, have you ever been through this? And you can actually guide them as well. Like well, that's a, a beautiful feeling in itself. So yeah, there's going to be, this is going to be amazing. I love that you said that. I actually uh, sometimes like, because, you know, we're both going in that direction eventually of, you know, having children and having a family. And whenever I see another woman who's either pregnant or they've just given birth or maybe down the track, I am so inspired by them because they like just the female body is so incredible. And to be able to see their journey is really phenomenal and I just wanted to share that um you know the the female body is just so beautiful um and it's it's nice to be inspired by other women really is (laughs) we could go on forever guys couldn't we we? really could shall we wrap this up (laughs) let's wrap this up (laughs) thank you so so much for listening guys Uh, The link to our coaching program is in the show notes. If you have any questions, please, please message us. You can message either of us individually. I'm on Instagram at the Hannah Saad. Nairi. At coach underscore Nairi. And our uh, podcast Instagram is in the show notes. And yeah, have a chat with us. If you've got any questions, please feel free. Reach out. We're very, very excited about it. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time.